VCR. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, the scream is ringing out over your internet connection, so it can only mean one thing, that it is time for Uncensored Horror, and we are back, back, back again. This time we're all grown up, we've all got sexy, sleek bobs, and we're all going to college, because this week we are following up our massively successful first installment of the franchise review with... Scream 2. Of course, I have my um, my regular cast of killers here with me today. So we're going to just go first impressions. What do you remember? When did you see it? How? Etc. Etc. We're going to start with Luke because he's next to me. Oh, hello. I went and saw this in grade 10. So I was 15. It came out here in 98. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it did. And so I had to get my mother to take my friend and I to go and see Scream 2 because his mother wouldn't let him go and see it. But then she said, oh, you can go, but I'm not taking you. And so he was like, oh, God, it looks for a sleepover. And so here we are. So we went and saw it, and my mum had not seen Scream so she didn't know what the heck I was dragging her to because I had um, I think I know what you did last summer had previously come out and I dragged her to that and she agreed to that and she didn't mind it. So then when she came to see Scream 2, uh, she was quite mortified. But she sat through it and she's since, I think, watched the whole lot. So good times. Very funny parallel is I actually took... Oh, I took my mother took me to see I know we did last summer as well because I wasn't old enough to see it and I told her it was a comedy. Ah. Um, first five yeah, minutes because I think Scream Two week. came out early in the year, right? So I hadn't turned fifteen. Well, yet. I I managed to go see Scream Two with just my friends, so uh... got past it. But um, yeah, and then she sat there with the white knuckles all through it. She, the, the end credit roll, she goes, oh, when's the next one coming out? So <laughs> she enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah. What about our very own Gail Weathers down the bottom here? What do you, when did you see this movie, Katie McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> Gail Weathers, okay then. <clears throat> well, I believe that it was a blockbuster movie night for me when this finally came out on a... Uh, VHS or DVD because I don't remember seeing it in the theaters and I don't remember watching it at like a party or anything. I think I just kind of lucked out and caught it on a, a movie night and it's still as good as I remember it because I rewatched it for this and it holds up and I just, I'm excited to talk about it. But Katie, do you always remember to set the alarm? Do I always remember to set the alarm? Oh, no, damn it. Um. Okay, Brooke, what about you? I actually can't remember the first time I saw it, and that's just to be brutally honest, because, you know, scary movies and when I was younger don't didn't mix well. Um, but I have, you know, throughout the years, I've seen this one about 
12 times. I, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a worthy sequel. It's, it's a worthy sequel. Yes. We'll definitely put it out there. So, yeah, I don't necessarily remember a lot about seeing this movie. What I think of when I think of this movie is the hype around it. Because I just remember the anticipation for it. The first movie had been so successful. And everyone's like, it's going to be a sequel. It's going to be a sequel. Oh, my God, there's going to be a sequel. Everywhere you looked, this was the beginning of the internet. So everywhere you looked, there was something to do with Scream. Who here read, like... Like drafts of the Scream Two script this before is, it came what out. I was to say, this is where the chronic problems with leaking in Scream came to. So that the beginning of multiple scripts, multiple endings, red herring characters, red herring actors, all that kind of stuff started to happen here because this was the boiling pot at the at this time in 1997. The only thing that came out that was close to Scream was the first I know we did last summer movies. The other movies that I've got that of kind of any kind of um, you know worth it's mentioning was legend. the first the first Wishma no, the first Wishmaster had come out. Um Anaconda. Oh, forget Mimic. Anaconda was great. We need to do that one. <laughs> Event Horizon. Oh, that was even better. Campfire Tales. I love that. Um, so it was a good good season for horror. Scream, Alien Resurrection. That uh, wasn't so great. <laughs> could have been. Could have been great. It well, could have been great, but it was not. Um, let's, let's it, was, it, it was still very. <laughs> it was still very much not a slasher territory. But by the time we get to 1998, that will definitely change. Well, the principal <laughs> photography for this film started six months after Scream, so it's it was rolling pretty quickly. Mm. I think they knew what they had and it was definitely worth mentioning, but they, they got it right straight off the bat. I mean, the, one of the things that I think of when I think of this movie is this Rolling Stone cover. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? With like, all that what? Heather Graham, Heather Gina Graham Pinkett, got Sarah Michelle, Tori Spelling. A lot of um, red herrings there, let's just say. <laughs> because we're not going to this review will be full with spoilers but we're not going to spoil it straight away if oh, you were yeah, to yeah. look at that and go wow this cast's interesting um a lot of red herrings in that cast in that mm. photo but the hype machine was well and truly alive and we, we had kicked it off we were scream was beginning it's or had its dominance and we would see it carry through and you know take a couple of missteps but it's always been kind of top of the food chain when it comes to the slasher market. So let's dive straight in, shall we? Yes. Scream oh, yeah. 2 picks up pretty much a year after the events of Scream 1. Um, and our opening scene is at the premiere of a little movie called Stab. Hey, Sydney must have been really good at school, though, to still get into college after all that shit. Well, she might have got you know you know how that there's always that rumor at school like if someone gets murdered or someone dies in your class you get an automatic pass. Listen, I can verify that. I can absolutely verify that. In uh, one of my, I think it was my uh, media law class, a uh, guy in our group for our group project died, and we all got AIDS on the project. There you go. <laughs> it's very uh, 
very teachy with his tingle, isn't it? It's like, oh. Well, it was, you know. So if you really want to get the college kids, just kill someone in your class. <laughs> Pretty much. It was interesting. <laughs> just kind of walked into class one day, like, when are we going to get together to do this? Uh, our group member died. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, that's upsetting for everyone, isn't it? <laughs> it was some. Well, I think I had met that guy once in class before. <laughs> well, it's a group project. You never ever see anyone at the same time, do you? This is true. But uh, <laughs> anyone who's got... done college, university group projects, you know, it's usually. Yeah, it's not the same as a group project down the brothel. It's not like Uncensored Radio, <laughs> where a couple of people do the work, but you know, whatever. Did you guys okay. recognize the song playing in the beginning? Of this film? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. It's Red Right Hand, which also played in the first movie. Such a great song. I love that song. So, yes, we are at a a sneak peek. Wow, that's hard to say. Sneak peek premiere of a a little movie called Stab, based on the Woodsboro Murders book by one Miss Gail Weathers. So already oh, Gail, that we, bitch. we have our tie back to our first movie and we meet two Windsor College students which don't have names. Yes, they do. With. To start off with, they don't. Oh, fair enough. To start off with, we just meet this lovely couple in line for Stab discussing the um, ethnic politics of horror. And how she'd rather <laughs> see Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I mean, do you blame her? In fairness, if she went and saw Sandra Bullock, she would still be. And listen, Sandra Bullock delivers. She delivers. Her (laughs) movies are cute. Well, now she's trying. She's like bucking for Oscars all the time, isn't she? She's like always doing like murder movies and stuff. Oh, that Bird Box one. That was nice. I liked that one. (laughs) Don't you take that fucking mask off or you'll die. I reckon that's just how you should raise children. Hey, that's how oh I, although I don't want to admit anything on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. I mean, sometimes you gotta go Sandra Bullock on him. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting a bit of um, meta social commentary on, you know, the lack of diversity in horror movie casts. Not wrong. Our first, our first they, are, they are not wrong. Um, the first two cast members, of course, Jada Pinkett. Right? Jada yes, she's always good. She's always good. She always got but something she was Jada was a name by this point. Definitely. Jada was a name. Jada had yeah. set it off well and truly by now. Yeah, Jada, definitely. Was she with Will by this point? Yeah, yeah. she was Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And Omar Epps was her boyfriend. So um, they were, you know, walking around. They got the, they got the. Um, I, I don't know that this would happen. Would you be handed? The costume of a known serial killer at no. a movie premiere. No, but the woman who was uh, handing out those costumes, she was a contest winner from MTV because they had a little contest to get a role in screen too. That was Woo! her big break. Oh. And they're white. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Well, it is a bit odd, that, but the, I guess isn't that the kind of world we're in though, like the hype of it all, like, you know. It, even though it was a real serial killing, it's also based on a book, and now it's a fake film. So, I mean, like, it's pretty trendy to fetishize uh, serial killers. I mean, look at Ted Bundy; people were obsessed with him. 
and they still are. I'm still obsessed with him. Oh, that lovely Greg Dama. Well, I think people are mostly obsessed with Jeffrey. Zac Jeffrey Dama. Of- Greg Dama was from Dama. Greg Dama, what is wrong with you? Greg Dama is, no, is more of a couple from a sitcom <laughs> than, uh, than a serial killer. Oh, wow. he's thinking Dharma. Oh, you're going to leave that in too, you bitch. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, Greg Dama. Hashtag Greg Dama. Oh, I love it. So in the theatre, we see things at full manic level. There's a flying ghost face being reeled from the back to the front. The movie is in Stabovision, which is basically lighting everything green. And, and yeah, then people are already baying for blood before the movie started. I don't think I've ever been to a premiere like that. But um, oh, I've been to a couple of movie marathons fly. where That's it was... I went to the premiere of The Rage Carry 2. Ooh. I mean. Was it was it full of telekinetic people throwing shit around? Or? It wasn't that fancy, and the movie was not really worth writing home about. Well, I went to a few oh. movie marathons where people acted like animals, but it was mostly because the clientele were all 15. I mean, you expect that kind of stuff when you go to, like, Rocky Horror, but. The good old days of the movie marathon, hey? Mm. Oh, what are you going to do? I don't well, see that anymore. Let's put teenagers in a room for, what, nine hours together overnight and, and see what happens. spin the bottle. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a real good idea. See who gets fingered. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist, everyone. So, so, so Maureen yeah. is not having any of it. Maureen, oh, well, her name's Maureen. I've just ruined it. Yes, Maureen yeah. and Phil. Remember that for later, kids. Maureen and Phil are not uh, having a little banter, and she's not having it. She's like, nah, I'm going to get some popcorn. So she goes to get some popcorn. The with largest his money. Pop- with his money. I have my money. I asked for your, your money. money. I love that line. It's true. <laughs> um, and, and playing out on screen is a very familiar scene. It is the basically um, sort of remake of Drew Barrymore's scene in the in the beginning of Scream, but with of course the lovely Heather Graham. I thought it was really clever. I thought it was really clever. Like honestly, it was. It was kind of it was so meta, it was meta, meta, meta. Like they were just going I mean, for gold here. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like she was roll gonna... girl by this point, right? Oh I think so. Yeah, yeah, like she, but she Heather had, had a career as well. Was she Shadwell yeah. yet? Yeah. No, I don't think she was. No, but she she was a name. She was getting there, and like Boogie so, Nights came out though, so she yeah, she was Roller Girls. Um, yeah, look, no, I thought it was just really clever in the way that they mirrored the scene, but it wasn't obviously identical. It was much more flashy on the screen there. Well, yeah, she um, got naked. I was going yeah, to say they... nudity. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> and. I would have liked to see what Robert Rodriguez actually did with it. They had to reshoot it. For oh, Wes Craven had to reshoot those stab scenes. So I would have loved, 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 loved to see what Robert Rodriguez did because he's done like little stuff like this before. Um, that Thanksgiving one, you'll be going home in a body bag. I can't remember what the... The name was, and I can't remember what movie it was. I think but. it was called Thanksgiving or something. 
The only thing that I thought... You're not worthy of thanks, killing. The only thing that I thought could have been a little bit better with the casting is if they had gone with maybe someone else that was a child star... And and have and was coming there come back at or that just time. throw Meg Foster in there. No, throw I'm throwing out there. Who who would have, who would you have put he, in that? You role? ready for it? I'm ready. Alyssa Milano. No, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, Alyssa yeah. Milano, big no. She was doing. She was having Melissa the same Joan Hart's. That would have worked. Come back at, at at the same time. She was a former child star who had gotten her titties out in movies, and then she was. Turning into everyone's favorite, like which, I would have gone with so, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Well, all Melissa the way. Joan Hart was was still Clarissa at this oh, point, wasn't she? True. Or just finishing being Clarissa at this point? Oh, and she was Sabrina, so that wouldn't have worked. So yeah, oh. she, I was looking for someone with a comeback, comeback oh, arc. But anyway, fair enough. Maureen's out there, and we get little exposition that the movie's based on a true story. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Phil scares Maureen. Oh. Then he has to go to the bathroom. He'll be right back. It's like no one listens to Randy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you won't be right back. You'll be getting a knife through the side of the fucking head. That was pretty oh. fucked too, hey. So, that was pretty fucked. It does what? teach you to mind your own business in the bathroom. Because he right? thought there were some people going each other and next door or something, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Does. he heard like a, a a very femmy kind of voice. Like, well, it was a li- it was someone going, "Sorry, mommy, I'm sorry, mommy." Like very um Friday the Thirteenth moment. Uh, yes, it was a yeah. little much, and then it was a little much. In the Can air. you imagine this? This is obviously one of the killers who we'll talk about later, because one of them would not have had the sheer strength to get a knife through a fucking wooden partition and into someone's skull. Well, I have a joke. And how would you know where to aim? Like, how do you know where they're leaning? Who knows? It might have just been a good good shot. Yeah. Because then they tried it later, but it missed the other one. I was going to say, newsflash, it's a movie, kids. That's how it got him in the air. That's where they wanted it to go. It went where it needed to go, yep. So Phil, Phil's dead, guys. Phil's out. Phil's fucked up. And... We've got we've got Maureen alone in the cinema watching the movie and doing what everyone who's like I hate horror movies does. They get into it and they're watching. They're watching. Listen, I love horror movies, and when I'm home alone, I'm still screaming at the TV. So do you want some popcorn? I think this was incredibly effective. This moment, we knew that was bad, but yeah, watching her, watching her figure out just something a, is not right. Just a moment too late, she figures it out. Just a moment too late. And watching this again, you, you realize I this is actually plausible. Like I, in a group was, situation. Would you like, sit there and scream? Gonna, I would just run. Because everyone was screaming and like stabbing each other. And she's like, ah! like Well, oh, she man. she she screamed after, you know, she was just about to die. <laughs> so she couldn't have run. So a lot of the violence that was in Scream 1 that happened to Casey was suggested or played off screen. Casey and Steve's violence. Anyway, it was tension, whereas this was... Played right out in front of you. This was real slasher. So this was the transition of the whodunit to more of the typical, you know, let's see people get stabbed and gutted and offed a little bit. 
Which is and interesting. This killer wasn't going for like a kill shot straight away. He could have just got her straight in the heart. Right, there was the suffering. Casey. There was he. Yeah, he there wanted her to put on a show because he or she or whoever the killer is knew that all the craziness in the audience was just so amped that no one's going to really notice someone pretending to get stabbed because that's all that's been going on all night. Mm-hmm. Because how do you come back from seeing this at a cinema? I mean, all right. <laughs> I thought. Jada was know. doing a Do you reckon the people went back after watching The Dark Knight? That's that's that's, that's the point. Like I don't kind know. Kind of would entirely ever, different. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know that you would ever go back if if anything like that happened to you at a like at a cinema. I don't know if I would. I don't think I could. Ooh. I don't think I could either. But also, yeah. I think Jada kind of overdid her. Oh, look, direction. That was the direction she was given. So fair enough. Mm. Are you coming up and then we way? get our our first title secrets with a nice big slashy two in it. <laughs> ah, scream two, and we meet our returning characters. Of course, we have to have the one and only Miss Sydney Prescott with an impressive Ooh. bob. Oh, she's all grown up. She is all grown up. She at college, and she is receiving phone calls that she sounds like she's been receiving since the last movie. She, I, I like this non-plus Sydney, this Sydney that is just like, yep, okay, I know what's going on. <laughs> Enjoy the movie. <laughs> and Star 69. Remember Star 69? Oh, yeah, she had, this is right in Caller ID. She had Caller ID, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she just grabs her, her watch and starts reciting the law. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yes, Enjoy the it. movie. <laughs> um, that, we do meet her. We do meet her, um, her roommate Hallie. Oh, I've got a picture for, for Hallie later. Um, um, and they're just chilling, being besties, you know, as you do. Uh, we do discover that you know there's shit going down. Do we well, feel Hallie was a, a good friend replacement from Tatum's? She was the new Tatum. Really. I feel like yeah. Hallie was a different, like a different kind of friend. Like Hallie was probably more. Hallie seems more like a college friend than a high school friend. Hallie was a lot more sensible, I think. Yes. Well, we'll ha- well, we do have to talk about Hallie because she went through quite a development <laughs> process, but we will talk about that later as well. Well, did you guys catch the Friday the thir- uh, not Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street refer- reference in this scene? Mm. In the closet, there is a hanging striped sweater that resembles <sighs> Freddy's. Freddy. No, always, I've missed Wes it. Wes was busy. Wes was a busy man. <laughs> so we leave their dorm to find the one and only Mr. Randy Meeks. You no. know, in his element, he's finally the cool dude oh. instead of a class, right? I mean, in this man class. looked good. This man looked so good. He was, he, was, he was the dude. And it can't get any more 90s than this room. Joshua Jackson and Sarah Michelle Geller. Who, who else was in there? Oh, what's his name? Dawson's Creek. Timothy Alphon as Mickey, his friend, his film class friend, Mickey. You know, he's got a of Mickey as He well, is right? so young in this film. Like, I just didn't. I'm looking at him like, I know who that is. I know who it is. But who is it? I had to look it up to see that it was him. And he he must like look more like uh, Josh Duhamel when he gets older because I don't think he looks like Josh Duhamel here at all. But this is this is the gang together. They look all cute, and this is of course Sydney's dreamy new boyfriend. Sarah. In what universe Ooh. is Jerry O'Connell dreamy? 
He was dreamy in this movie. He was so cute. Was like, Leave him alone. Look, no, I'm was... not into it. Uh-uh. I, I, I would have I thrown myself at Randy Meeks. Brooke, he is was, he cute? He was Look, all American everyman, I think. That, I was about was to cool. say, he's that boy that every girl in the 90s loved. Katie, you're just weird, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> but he is the boy that everybody loved. Yeah, I think they were obviously like, skinny enough oh. for me. They were obviously going for the polar opposite of Billy. Yeah. Clearly. You know what I mean? But the even, sneaky even little rat boyfriend. Fact, but even <laughs> down to the fact that we knew him. Are you showing me your boobs? Stand by me. You know what I mean? Titty shots. <laughs> Love titty shots. Oh, we am I the only one who didn't wear a screen shirt this time? God damn it. You are. Um, yeah, we knew him. We knew him from Stand By Stand By Me. We knew he was a good dude. So you know, um, yeah, Randy is living his best life. He's the king of the world, and they're ironically discussing sequels, Sequel. <laughs> sequels, and the merit of sequels, and if any sequel actually surpassed its original. Did it? Let's go around <laughs> the room real quick before we before we but go into their they combo. They named them all. Yeah, but do we feel like any of it's true? Terminator 2, yeah, it definitely surpassed the yeah, original. I think T2 is better, and I also think I, Aliens is better than Well, Aliens. I think Aliens and Alien are different movies. I think Alien is is an atmospheric, like, thriller, and Aliens is an action movie. I mean, if True, we're going like to talk about that, what about uh, Scream 2 and Scream? <laughs> well, well <laughs> that's, we're saving that for later, but I, they, love them, they love them better, you know? Um, I mean, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer here, guys. We do. She was Sporting not a... originally supposed to be in this scene for as long as she was. There was originally another actress saying her lines, but she must have Sporting charmed them. A fresh new. No, I think they went well. back and reshot it because she seems <laughs> to be sitting alone in most of her shots. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> She's sporting a fresh new do, which is. Which is interesting for things to come because people hadn't seen. I know we did last summer yet. We hadn't seen season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer yet. You know, no. like that Bob was to was very significant for Sarah. That it kind of changed. It kind of took her from that um, soapy actress who got her big break with Buffy, and then she was a legit. She'd be she was a movie star going back to a second season of a hugely popular TV show. Like this is a very interesting time in these people's lives and careers, which is just fun to see. So we also get to see the one and only Ms. Gail Weathers. Oh, with now, more foils. Are we, gone, are we gone, not? Right I want to. I want to talk hold about on, the on. hair. Hold I want to talk about the hair. Are we not going to meet Haley's sorority sisters? We are, but I just want to talk about this first because All I right. thought I had to thought, think. I had to think about it. I had to think about watching the movie. Okay. Did you think her haircut is purposely copying Sydney? No. Oh, I think it was no, just trendy. I, I think it I think was, it was yeah. trendy. It's too, it's very on the nose for me. And I mm. never thought about it until the last watching. I'm like, no. She is obsessed. She's obsessed with Sydney. She is, she but that's just, it was trendy back then. It could, it could have just been, it could just be like, you know, a subtle little, you know, hey. I want to be like you. We've all seen people that do it. I mean, we have, you know? but oh, I think there's, there's, oh, we have. But there's I think... a hairstyle. Then there's a hairstyle. Yeah, okay, originality. Yeah, that's just the '90s, though. Everyone had that hairstyle and the chunky highlights. And 
Well, she famously didn't though. She was one. She was one of the big bouffanted girls of Friends, and then she comes away with a slick bob. Yeah, but I mean, interesting. If we're, but I, Monica I Geller really and Gail Weathers are two different people. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit more. What? Well, her <laughs> hair didn't change. Her hair didn't change that extremely from Scream One to the next series of Friends. Maybe Gail's growing. Well, Gail is a lot more famous. Maybe that was her Hollywood makeover. <laughs> Top story. Gail Weathers. 60 minutes to Gail Weathers. I had to do it. Too. Oh, Remember? wait, that was screaming. Monica me. Geller's on 20 million a year from reruns. <laughs> 60 minutes to is in the future for Gail Weathers. She was on the up and up. Remember when 60 minutes to was going to be a thing? Oh, that was cute. That's very cute. Of course, we also do. We we meet um, the wonderful Laurie Metcalf as oh. Debbie Salt. The, oh, uh, one of one of the funniest characters I've ever come across. I love Laurie Metcalf for what she does in Roseanne and the Connors, and this was just next okay. level amazing, right? Okay, she was very Aunt Jackie in this too. By the way, to start with, she was. Well, yeah, she was very um, also like. It was like a young journalist wanting to be Gail, but it was like someone probably in like you know the twilight of their career. No, what it was was mature age student. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, gone to gone to college said. like after the kids have grown up, and she wants to be a journalist. She wants to be a journalist, so she's following around the most famous journalist she knows. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Delta oh, Lambdas. The I just love Lambdas. her voice in this. Hasa Look at those Look at chunky eyebrows. eyebrows. Oh, she was Porsche ahead of the tra- she was ahead of the trend, wasn't she? She knew. She knew. She didn't make the mistake that everyone else did and just pluck their eyebrows so thin that they're she never. Of course, we was have Porsche the lovely Rebecca Gayhart by now. No. No, okay. So no. This is her. We have the lovely Rebecca Gayhart there as well. Yeah, pre-running over Not people. Pre, uh, pre, uh, but pre-urban legend. Oh. More importantly, where well, she, she got this, ro- she got her role in urban legend from her performance yeah. in this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very interesting. Like as I said, very interesting time for our modern little horror things as people popping in and out of. You know, but guys, is um, is harmonica style okay? Yeah, she want to waste time. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm gonna ask a question that I don't know if I want the answer to. What is harmonica style? <laughs> Brooke, it's on you, Bubs. You gotta let her know. I don't know what it is either. I think this is a conversation for on air. Nope, nope. This is a conversation for on air. How do you play a harmonica? How do you play a harmonica? What? I love that so much. I get it now. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) We just blow their worlds apart, Stevie. Moving on. Someone else's, uh, someone else whose world had been blown apart this time. This poor Dewey. I feel really, really bad for Dewey in this movie. He seems like a broken dude. It's you know, still hot like, though. Like Gail, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Gail had well and truly fucked him over. Mm-hmm. He like he was out of his depth here. He was not 
he was not anything to anyone here. He was just another dude. He was a little gimpy guy walking along trying to get involved in the action. And it just, it just Sydney, seemed very sad. Sydney trusted him, though, more than, than she trusted anyone else. Sydney was yeah. excited to see him. It's a very interesting relationship, that one. I'd like to expound on that in a sequel or two. I'd like to go down a road that we haven't really thought of. I think it was um, maybe she grew up with Tatum and, and Dewey from when she was younger as well. Well, she even says yeah. it. He's like our big brother. Yeah. yeah she, she'd never had a brother or a mother, you know. Like, her dad well, is probably one of the worst parents in the world. Just well, constantly absent. Constantly absent, Mr. Prescott. Well, Just never there. speaking of keeping it in the family, do we know who uh, Chief Hartley is? He's he's David Arquette's father. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The one other character of note that we need to mention here is Mr. Cotton Weary. <gasps> now there's a, a character. Right a character that very similarly had Derek. nothing had nothing to do with the first movie. You know, he was just like this little side character that they brought back to make you know a fairly major player in this movie. Um, Lev Shriver does great. He kind of picks up that Mickey uh, uh, Stu role where there's comedy, but there's also menace in it. You can smell the desperation wafting off of Cotton. Barbara Walters. Yeah, he's he's like he's everything that the public want from Gale. Do you know what I mean? He's he's mm. like that's that's Gale's creation. Man, I thought it was very clever to bring him back because you know they could have just left it in the air and then you know then you would have had all the forums and everything blowing up like oh what about cotton weary blah 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 so i think it was glad that um it was a great move to it was make glad. him from it was glad um, a great move to make him a bit player in the first one to being suddenly a new red herring possibly hmm. we wonder so, how much you know thought went into that i mean so, gail weather deserved what was coming to her when she pulled him out Yes, and Sydney shared with her. Oh yes. <laughs> Again, Sydney Bam. Prescott has a has a nasty right. I'll share with you. <laughs> Crack. Did you get that on film? Yes, I got that on film. Hallie <laughs> Hallie picked up the. I thought those two were going to go and crack each other then too. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I, the one the one character that kind of got shafted in this movie is Joel, <laughs> the new cameraman. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a bit superfluous. I think Joel like, was happy to get shafted. <laughs> do we really need him around, though, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it would be good to do a little bit more with that, maybe make put him in danger. But, I mean, you know. he was in danger in general because he's yeah. Gail Weathers' camera guy. <laughs> what happened True. to the last one? But that's what we expected, something to happen to him. You know what I mean? But nothing, he just disappears. because no, he, he knew what was going to happen to him, so he was like, I'm going. Yeah, he's yeah I don't know. <laughs> just he's seemed like a bit of a... Seems to be a cheap shot to me. I'm like, well, at least you've got this character. You've introduced him. You've given him a name. You've given him character traits. Then he just disappears. He said, "Fuck this, I'm out." Yeah. Kenny's not in the that, union anymore. That's a motherfucking remember. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of um, you know, panic <laughs> rewriting, but that was what this movie had to go through. So it's fun. We're, I think we're lucky we got the movie that we did with, mm. with theirs, you know, mm-hmm. with the drama. So with all the drama going on in um. And Windsor College, where we are now. Oh, Windsor College. 
Doesn't stop you from needing to pledge fraternities and sororities, guys. Doesn't stop the pledging. Never stops. So Sydney, uh, Derek, Randy, and Hallie go to a Delta Lambda sorority party to, you know, show their face. But the action really starts out across the way at Omega, Beta, Zeta, where, of course, we meet properly. Miss CC Cooper, Sarah Michelle Geller. Little now, can, can I quickly just show this that Will did this artwork for us? <laughs> Thank you, Will. You always do a great job. That was Miss so, Katrina A. Johnson as CC there. <laughs> I think Katrina's boobs had fit on the couch. Wait, hold um, on. <laughs> Let me see that again. Hold on. This one. Boobs aren't big enough to be Katrina. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Kitties, titties, indeed. Um, there is a, there are a lot of deleted scenes for this movie, and you notice things even now. Like we, we've jumped back into doing this, you notice so much, like behind the scenes stuff that you didn't notice before. Like you don't notice her lingering in the background of shots and stuff like that. Like I didn't. I, and that made me think about it. When the Delta Lambs are having a conversation with Sydney and Hallie, why is she there? Because she's not that sorority. Oh, was Cece there? She was there? She's in the background. Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. know see that. her. Yeah. You guys didn't she's know. in the okay. background. I'm like, I saw but... her and I thought the same thing because I was like, hang on, well, they're different sororities, aren't they? Okay, yeah. well, now I got to go back and look because all, yeah, all I was bringing up was uh, she was on the phone with Selma Blair. Yeah, they they put they're um they're literally um yeah, I don't know if that was intended as a red herring or something like that, but that's what happens. So yeah. Cece is stuck at Omega Beta Zeta as sober sister because they're um, partnering fraternity. He's also having a party. A party. Um, her boyfriend sounds like a piece of shit, doesn't he, Ted? Oh, Ted sounds like a freaking asshole. Ted. Why is every Ted in anything an asshole? Think about it. Yeah, Ted was an asshole in Buffy as well. It was like a stepdad for a day. Ted was a piece of shit in How I Met Your Mother too. <laughs> All the Teds. So her alcoholic boyfriend is, um, you know, who she thinks she's talking to, but we get the very familiar voice of Ghostface playing with her. This was amazing. Peekaboo. When he walked when, out, uh, when, just... yeah, snuck snuck in the house while yeah. while she was there. But and then that was the famous. Don't forget the alarm. Because you thought she Moment. was safe then, because her roommate was with her. I was like, oh, okay, it's the tension's yeah. off. And then you just see this ghost face walk out from behind the booth. I was like, not oh, so shit. much. <laughs> it was I mean... on like Donkey Kong, and for everyone that watched Buffy. It was no Buffy Summers that we were dealing with. She was not slaying no ghost faces. A flesh and blood normal girl who sadly had to go bye-bye. It's over the edge. She had had a wicked death. twice and then thrown onto like two stories onto cement. She was horrible. (laughs) Just great. Screaming the whole way down. And she has a great great scream. She has a great scream. She should have, um, you know, should have done more. Meanwhile, Cotton Weary is lingering around these college kids trying to convince Sydney to do this interview. It's like, Cotton, 
Hi, young people. I'm one of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Where are um, the cool parties at? <laughs> <laughs> Very Drew Barrymore on MVKS moment, right? Um, <laughs> news breaks of the drama at Omega Beta Zeta, and the, <laughs> the place just empties out. Leaving I one have brought Sydney, my drink. Just leaving <laughs> one Mr. Sydney Prescott to um, answer a phone. Okay. If I was Sydney, I would never answer a phone anywhere. But oh, that's no, just me. Who answers a phone to somewhere, one, they're not living, two, they're not even associated with? Like, I just, I'd be like, oh, your phone's ringing, bitch. Might want to go pick that up. She knew she had, but that was the thing. She knew she had to. Like, the way the way that she plays it, she goes, I know I have to answer this phone call. Mm. It's coming for, like, yeah. I, I think that she, she knew it was, and she says it later. She goes, I knew it wasn't over. Yeah. And she, I think she knew the... after something happened in Omega Beta Zeta that it wasn't just another prank caller. Like it was someone yeah, serious. It was happening. Yeah, something was happening. And we get a nice little a nice little chase scene, kind of reminiscent of her first interaction with Ghostface mm-hmm. in her first movie. Out of the closet, like locked doors. Um, Derek springs wow. to action and, and tries to rescue her. But um, knife think... comes through the door and misses Derek's face, though. So that's yeah. something Just that Killer likes to do is get those ears. Well, he was <laughs> yeah. stabbing. He was going for Sydney. Sydney ducked. Yeah. Sydney's smart because Sydney Prescott is smart. We know that. So um, Ghostface gets away and leaves someone alive for the first time, right? I didn't like Sydney. I didn't like this scene, and I'll tell you why. No, I liked it. Can I tell you why? Yeah, you, you go. Well, I say you can go first, and I'll tell you. Okay, why. I, I, like I think it was a really smart move by that ghost face, and that's all I'll say because I don't want to ruin anything. I just think that they knew the seeds of doubt they were trying to plant, so See, it was clever. That's the reason I. Katie, Katie, Katie McCarthy, rebuttal. I didn't like it for that reason because it was a very, it was a very specific move made by the writers to set him up and I didn't like it because it was very obvious. I'm like, oh, they're setting him up to be the killer. But were they? No, they were glass I read. (laughs) They were the seeds seeds of doubt are out there. Yeah. It was very much a setup like, oh, I'm just dating another killer. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. I don't think it was that badly intended. I think it was just to create doubt where before, by this point, we knew Billy was a killer. You know what I mean? Yeah, by, the, enough, by but... the third by that third murder or attack, well, there hadn't been this many murders. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was literally Casey and Steve, and then it was the they were going for the core cast. Yeah, there's a, there's an intention there to set more hysteria and to amp everything up because I of, I get the movie. motive of it. I just didn't like how it was executed. That's this is where we get the reveal. And we've already spoiled it. <laughs> that um, the college Whatever. students that are being murdered are following the pattern of Woodsboro. So Maureen Evans was Maureen Prescott. <laughs> Phil Stevens. Stephen was Casey's boyfriend. Casey's boyfriend. And of course, Cece Cooper, Casey Cooper. So the real name is Casey. <gasps> yep. Casey Decker. <laughs> exactly. So the detective trio of Randy, Randy, Gale, and Dewey deduct that there's going to be, if the killer's 
could be trying to recreate Woodsboro and pick up for lost time. Well, Debbie Salt has a very specific line in this yeah. scene. The killer's trying to repeat Woodsboro. The killer may be from Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> okay, Aunt Jackie. Listen, local woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> local woman is the best part. I just want to say that to anyone. When I go to work now, I'm going, listen, local woman. <laughs> listen, local woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and of course, you... we, we get the obligatory Dewey and Randy scene reciting the rules of a sequel. Well, they were also picking apart the casting of Stab, which I thought was great. Stab, yes. Little well, stab. Can we talk about who else was cast? So we knew Heather Graham was. But Heather who Graham. was cast as Sydney? Tori Spelling, which she said in the first movie, Tori Spelling would probably play. My luck, I'll get Tori Spelling. And she did. Selling property. Your mum's not laying in a, what does she say instead of the original line? Dead in a coffin somewhere or something, isn't it? Your mum's dead in a coffin somewhere. (laughs) Listen, you got to give it up to Tori Spelling for making fun of herself because that was great. It was hilarious. Yeah. I loved it. She had to pay Bill. Oh, no, she was her and her no, dad she was, was still, still speaking. No, she was still making yeah. money back then. She, she was did a scary movie was... too after this as well, where she, she, still did a, she took girl it further. This point she took it all the way to Tony Braxton. So, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give her, I'll give Tori Spelling this. She can make fun of herself. She can have a good laugh at her own expense. And I will, good for her. But there's a lot of Friends references in this movie. David yes. David yeah. Schwimmer, Jennifer Aniston. So Randy, Gail, Dewey, and of course Joel, the superfluous fourth, is it's like just like a bad orgy where the, the fourth person just gets to sit in the corner and watch. Be cuckolded a bit. I just yeah, it's cuckold night. Like orgy <laughs> central. Um, <laughs> are discussing the likelihood of who the killer could be. So much for me. When we get another phone call in the park <gasps> saying that the killer can see them. Okay, hold on. Now I, this, gotta pre- I gotta prepare for this. This is emotional. This was totally unexpected, right? Mm. You wanna be one of the big boys? <sighs> Manson? Bundy? OJ? Dahmer and Greg? Dahmer and Greg? Greg Dahmer, <laughs> you know? Billy, Lumis, Greg Dahmer. Billy Loomis was a pussy mama's boy or something like that. Wet yeah. rat, uh, wet rat, mama, Homer, Homer repressed mama's boy, wasn't it? it? That's what it was. Homer repressed mama's boy, and then he's done for. And then Randy gets dragged into a van out of nowhere, and the fuck Wrecked. stabbed out of him. Wrecked. Dead, dead, dead. And of course, um, I, I think they're a bit late on the boomboxing um, breakdances that walk past, but you know, oh, whatever. Yeah, it was, was the so late weird. 90s, not the early 90s. Just well, well they would have heard it approaching, it's, though, either because the music's not, blaring in their ears. So it's meant to drown out the sounds because if that wasn't there, everyone would it's have heard him screaming. Bit, and that's uh, just a bit anachronistic for the time. I think we'd moved past. Um, yeah, that well, was more like 1989. All right, if we're gonna if we're gonna play the boombox game. Back when I first got my license, I was driving a beat up Oldsmobile with the radio that did not work. So what did I use? But it was the late nineties too. Wasn't this pop central? Wasn't this like everything? Wasn't this <laughs> the world of the tip? Oh no, probably still a little bit early actually. They no, would no, just no. be coming into it because 
they so, no, no, no. So, so this who was knows? The, Probably, so this and they was, were college students too. Yeah, and this was the early 2000s when I had my license. So in the back seat of my car, I had a boombox for music. Oh, man. Trash. Oh, I was, oh, it was great. So, so, so what do we make of? No, no and this is something known. that a lot of people, that is so, we discover Randy's body. Oh. Yeah. Oh, look at, <laughs> look at Joel's um, face in the background. Joel, He's just like, Joel doesn't He's checked care. out then. He's, He's checked just like, out. better He's him like, than you guys, Did you guys see the lipstick on Randy's hand? No. No. No one ever sees it. So go back. Why is there lipstick Watch on his it. hand? There's lipstick on Randy's hand. Mm. I think he's tried to police? he's tried to grab her or something, but there's there's like a well, lipstick just mark. Gave it away. Hand. So oh look, we're gonna get there soon anyway. We're gonna get there soon. So poor Randy. Like if anyone was gonna survive, I thought it might be Randy. I did too. I, I think, think this kind of made I, me think, oh, this is going to be different. Do you think that brutality was realistic from the killer that killed Randy? I think so. I think yes. when you, um, when you, there's a lot of a anger in point, that. Yeah. There's a lot of anger. And a, yeah, I mean, and, and we'll explore, happened. we will explore why that killer was so angry in yeah. a bit. Um, yeah. So, ironically, the person at the police station with Sydney is Mickey, not her boyfriend. I thought that was weird. Well, her boyfriend was in the hospital, wasn't he? I know, but still, why would... See, why, and I thought that she'd already Mickey... started doubting him and that's what they wanted. She was just trying to, to throw transition people off away, maybe. Thing. Yeah. Because there was Mickey yeah. and Haley with her. Yeah. yeah. So, Hallie. Was it Hallie or Hallie? It's Hallie. Hallie. Oh, God, it's the same goddamn thing. No, no, it's not. Same thing. Yes, it is. It's the same no, thing. There's no one for the else. Not so. We have a lot. We have another scene coming up, which <laughs> I thought Haley, was Haley. incredibly effective. What they did with the last movie, they kind of upped the ante for a lot of our um a lot of our cast here. There's a move. Uh, we we discovered that Sydney is actually the star of a Windsor College drama production that she's an actress, which will come back to haunt her in the, in the next movie. Um, and, is this a you know, shed, shed this, some light. Is this a real play? I'm just curious. Um, it's based on the fall of Troy. Uh, uh, the ah. character's Cassandra. She's in a couple of different, you know, yeah. places. So um, Sydney, yeah, plays Cassandra, uh, who is a, a, a psychic, basically, and saw the fall of Troy happening, and saw all the drama before it actually happened. So very much mimicking her own life which is brilliant but this whole scene blew my mind a little bit it was so well done i that, liked like this scene you can put the killer mm. in amongst it that she's playing a part but it's really her real life and it's like everything's kind of coalescing on stage for that moment and this well, is the first time that came into my mind that sydney might be going crazy like sydney I, might be losing it i was gonna say do we think Ghostface was actually there. Or do you oh, definitely. I think he was definitely there. I think because you see him. Definitely, you see like but you see him and driving he her, her nuts to make her look like an idiot yeah. in front of everyone. To make too. her like the crazy one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Gaslighting first, her. Yeah. The first time it was just about getting her and about killing her, not about making her look guilty. Mm-hmm. Because she was responsible for something that happened at the end of the last movie, and the, the idea that her guilt had driven her to something else is a big thing. 
Um, love that scene. I love the use of like the mask, different masks, the lighting effect, all that kind of thing. Cat and mouse done correctly. Mm-hmm. Horror people, horror filmmakers, mm-hmm. people making the new Halloween movie. Um, <laughs> who just don't get it. Who don't get it. Exactly. That's so um, after all this, Sydney <laughs> is assigned to special agents. Um, oh, love- we do get the we do get the lovely scene in the middle. Um, random scene <laughs> of the Top Gun moment. Oh, uh, with Derek saying to her, and let's what? just if say I think we're all glad. Me, I would be ovulating hard. I'd be like, oh. I was, we're all glad I think Derek is not a singer. Would have laughed to him and been like, hey, it's on you, bro. I would have pushed him off the fucking table. He's <laughs> <laughs> not the only one who wants that real pathetic kind of oh, He makes, he makes one like, mistake. He makes no. one big mistake. What no. does he do? Oh, he gives her his letters. Oh yes, not supposed to in any way, shape, or far form. Brother's going to kick his ass, but it's tradition. It's, it's, it's so tradition. romantic. <laughs> so Sydney has her little um, fraternity pendant there as safekeeping. So he was. These are all just like these are all gestures. I in the end, I feel really sorry for Derek. <laughs> Whatever. Mm. So after all these attacks, Sydney is being seconded away to another location with her best friend Hallie. Therapist. When something, uh, probably one of my other favourite scenes happens, we get an attack not in some random small location, like where everyone's safe and you can sneak away. This happens in the middle of the fucking street, in the middle of the town, mm-hmm. and we end up with this fucking car accident. I this is the part, the part of the like that I, re- yeah, I remember. Now, if you I remember <laughs> this part intensely because I remember going, "Oh my god, they have to climb over him! They have to climb over him! That's fucked up." If you remember the initial scene, just they didn't even try to like make it look realistic. That dummy is just hanging out on top of the car, like it's just very obvious when it crashes. I feel like the, the smooshed face, though, was pretty realistic and the gurgling. Oh, yeah, that was great. But, like, right when they're about to crash into it, you can, like, plainly see that as, like, a dummy. Did you get uh, it very yeah. much um, Sarah Michelle's chase scene in I Know What You Did Last Summer with this as Not well? Not really, because he's captain of a cop car. <laughs> uh, if any, I was going to say, if anything, I Know What You Did Last Summer stole from this. Yeah. Really? I thought this was released after. But it's not it's not to the point where they could have copied it. No, but maybe it was just a coincidence. It was a similar scene that but I feel like having them having to escape over the killer is a little bit more dramatic. It is very dramatic. Kicking out a window. I feel like it's like holy fuck, this Why cut's gonna be fucking Sydney kick out a window. Because Sydney they had all broken bricks and shit there. But they could yeah. because it was actually a big town police car, not some small podunk little oh, true. fishing village that just paints a car and calls it a police car. These are actual secret, like almost secret service officers, right? They were like, oh, we're going to get it. So, um, yeah, Sydney's <laughs> armed guard are quickly dispatched, leaving her and Hallie <laughs> by themselves. And they get away. This is the thing. They get oh. away. I feel until so Sid- for Hallie. Until Sydney has to see who it is. And look, if I was Sydney, I would probably be like, I want to know who this fucker thing is because if I see your face, it's over. 
I would have pulled the pricks mask off. But I would have had. Pass. I wouldn't have let my friend get that far away from me either, because I, poor I mean, Hallie. Poor Hallie it. is out. Wreck. I mean, and you know, in the original draft, Hallie was one of the killers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was. Uh, Hallie had to go. Though, it was a love triangle, to... right? Yes, she was. She was. Well, they wanted he... to be. They wanted to be. The... Oh, anyway, we'll get to that point anyway. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, I, if I was Hallie. I would have ran yep. and said, I'm going to call the cops. See ya. Yep. Meanwhile, Gail and Dewey are watching Joel's footage and then they discover. Yeah, they're watching footage, all right. Yeah, they're watching footage, rekindling their relationship. But they discover that Ghostface is watching them, watching them. <laughs> Which leads to another like awesome. On meta. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome chase scene within the, stu- within the recording studios. I love this part of the oh, movie. I feel so bad for um, Gail. Like, but just the cat and mouse of in between, like all the recording studio and all both the of them. Booths. Yep, the soundproof booth. So someone could sneak up on you and you would have no idea what was going on. I thought I thought Dewey was out. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I thought he was done too. And I just oh, thought, oh, I, I was wrecked. I, got, I was wrecked for I was her. Emotional. I was I was crying. First time I, I know it's just like, like oh, 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 they done Dewey dirty. They done him they dirty. Did Dewey dirty. So they had Gail, who's the only survivor of that, run gets away and, who and runs she straight run into, into Mr. Cotton Weary. Who's got who that? Covered in blood. <laughs> covered in blood. And escapes, escapes Cotton to run into one Ms. Debbie Salt. Debbie Salt. Who's got a story oh. for her? Who's, I gotta have it. The killer's cotton weary. <gasps> Actually, can we all do our best cotton weary right now, please? You go first. Weary. Come on, Katie. Killer is cotton fucking weary. Yeah. Uh, Brookie. <laughs> Brookie, do you got Jackie? <laughs> you can't. We've lost Brooke. We gotta keep moving. <laughs> Cut weary. On the run, Sydney finds her way back to Windsor College, and she can hear that there's something going on in the theatre. Meanwhile, when all this had happened, Derek has been kidnapped by some shadowy masked figures who turn out to be his fraternity brothers and the Omega Lambdas. Uh, sorry, the Delta Lambdas, and they have a little bit of a sacrifice of Derek. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because he, he gave away his, his letters. Gave away his letters. So when Sydney enters the abandoned theatre, which is always kind of creepy anyway, mm-hmm. Derek is lowered. And he's just like a... Just, he he's thinks out of it. He he's still on thinks a crucifix a, almost. Well he's, he's, well, he's drunk. He thinks it's a joke still. He's just yep. like explaining to her like... Until a, we see like the ghost face game. killer arrive and be revealed as Mickey. Oh, that's just a really good yeah. shot at Timothy yeah. Oliphant. Look at him. He's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so Mickey then casts doubt on old Derek because every killer has to have a partner. Mm-hmm. So he causes Sydney to hesitate long enough for him to shoot poor Derek. <laughs> poor Derek in his box of shorts. Bye, Derek. Bye-bye. Bye. Derek bleeds out in front of Sydney's eyes. Yeah. Not nice. Um, we, get another, we get a red herring, which, I, which was really, really effective when the second killer arrives on stage. 
And it is. How did you all feel Gail for that Weathers. second when Gail walked in? How did like, you all feel? I was like, get fucked. I was like, no. Would Gail have really, because it was all going through my head, would Gail have really stood there and let Dewey die? Like, I was like, holy shit. Oh, fuck she yeah. That evil? If she was the killer. Oh, maybe, fuck yeah, she would have. <laughs> but we get the reveal. No. Debbie Salt is one of the kills. But who is yes. Debbie Salt, people? Mrs. Loomis? Mrs. Loomis? Billy's mother! mother. <laughs> this is 50 pounds and a lot of work later. <laughs> so it's called a makeover, pal. Maybe you should try one. <laughs> the missing, the missing <laughs> Mrs. Loomis. And now it caused her son to, um, you know, lose his fucking killer, mind. If we are to believe it. He's coming to get her revenge on one Miss Sydney Prescott. And now Randy's death makes so much sense, doesn't now it? Now Randy's death makes so much, the violence of Randy's death makes such so sense. That and we find out magnet. that, you know, the apple did not fall far from the tree because Mrs. Loomis has just set up poor Mickey to be the scapegoat and she Kill gets him. rid of him. Gets rid of him pretty well. Hold on, uh, he was going to go... blame the movies. He's yeah, going to blame go the movies. But you know, that was all horseshit for Mrs. Did anyone Lewis. believe like, that? <laughs> old fashioned revenge. Oh, hell yeah. People have played that off a lot. They blame yeah. the violence in media for their actions. It's a huge, 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 huge issue. I mean, I did one of my senior thesis papers on violence in the media and whether. Can we please do, though, Mrs. Loomis's best line then? Let him find the possible second killer. Debbie second possible killer. Debbie Salt doesn't exist. <laughs> I thought this was such a great character turn. Laurie Metcalf deserves like an award for this from going from bumbling sidekick to like homicidal mother. Well, and in a believable way. I, well, I believe her. I believe the characterization. I love I, I love this final scene of her versus Sydney on the set of the of the play. It was super cool. Laurie Metcalf uh, plays the lead role in Misery on uh, Broadway, so her as a villain is very believable. She, She's she a very knows how to do crazy. crazy. Oh, if yeah. you've only ever seen her in the Connors or Roseanne, there is so much more to her. her some of her movie She's roles amazing. are fantastic. She's I was a great actress. Say, she but played then, fat sheep crazy like no one else I've seen. Yeah. She is so, she is so good. Clever casting crazy. here to put someone that you only know as Aunt Jackie, this innocent aunt figure. Lovable, yeah, and, and she's Jackie, playing yeah. that same shtick almost. So you're like, okay, she's innocent. She's harmless. Oh, yeah. She plays it the yeah. whole movie until it's revealed that she's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> but Mrs. Loomis puts, puts Gail in her place. She shoots her and she falls into the orchestra pit. Cotton Weary comes to save the day, but not before... Little Sydney gets in a very, very precarious position. Look at the crazy in her eyes. I was going to say, her expression there is just incredible. Fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you. Just so good. And look, the one thing that saves Sydney Prescott, she's a smart girl. She knows when to say yes. And that yes is always to Diane Sawyer. (laughs) Consider it done. Oh, I thought it was Barbara Walters. My bad. Was it? Was it Diane Sawyer? Yeah, I, I, Barbara Walters. Oh, Barbara Walters is the second one. Bugs. Sorry, Diane Sawyer yeah. was first. Barbara yeah. Walters, bang. Mrs. Lewis is shot dead. Gail scares everyone by coming back to life <laughs> from the orchestra pit. <laughs> and we're left with a different trio of, of survivors. We're left with Gail, 
Cotton and Dewey. But Gail and Sydney. Gail and Sydney, sorry. Gail and Sydney don't waste any time making sure those killers well, Gail, don't come back. Gail's for a not going to be left out this time. Gail's not going to be left out. She gets a gun. She knows how to work a safety. Mm-hmm. And when the killer comes back, uh, well, Mrs. Lewis gets shot in the head. They're like very like nonchalantly Bam. shot in the head. She's gone. Mickey springs back to life as they do in Scream and is put down in a hail of bullets. Cotton's reaction is amazing. Fuck! Like, Cotton's <laughs> like, these bitches are crazy. So they've, Sydney's, they've seen some Sydney things. Prescott has now killed one, two, three, four people. Sydney's got a body count to four. So she's going, she's going hard. Um, and that's pretty much the end, except we see, again... One Dewey. Mr. Dewey Riley wheeled out alive, but this time instead of covering the story, Gail goes with him. Yeah. So that's a bit cute. A little cute character moment. arc. And then when the reporters come to interview Sydney, she gives do as she gives Cotton exactly what he wanted. Which that was all fifteen the minutes, yeah. All the attention. And she can just walk away into the credits. <laughs> I mean, do we really believe that the police would just let her walk off into a... No, because then you see her walking. There's more reporters swarming her after that initial, after that scene. So, no, she And you don't know how long after all that is, because if the medics are there, I'm sure the police are probably there. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's the end of Scream 2, kids. The bloodbath at Windsor College. So... My final fun fact is uh, they originally wanted a bittersweet symphony to play at the end. But, but they couldn't because cruel intentions. <laughs> no, they couldn't because it had rolling the a sample of the Rolling Stones and it was uh currently in the lawsuit. So they had a collective oh, okay. soul they had the collective soul song that you hear, but they asked them to add uh the strings to it to make it more dramatic. All right, let's give it our review. Brookie, what's your final analysis? on screen too. Look, I really do like this as a sequel. I do. I don't like a lot of sequels, but I do like this sequel. It was very well done. And I do like, you know, this the psycho killer. I she she did it so well. It was amazing. Um yeah. Out of five? What, I like out it. of five screen masks? What are we I, doing? I I reckon look, I'd give it a solid four and a half. Very nice. Very nice. Brookie's going to four Brookie's and a half, four and a half out of five. Four what about Katie McCarthy? I'm going to go with 4.5 out of five. Also, there were some things that uh, kind of were done deliberately. And I'm just kind of like, oh, come on. This is, you're better than this. You're, you are better than this. But it's still one of my favorite sequels. It still holds up. It's still one of the most solid sequels out there. It's what, what's, it's what Halloween now fails to do to live up to the hype of the original. So, yeah, 4.5 out of 5. Look, I'm going to say that as far as sequels go, it doesn't get any better than this, and I feel it is definitely on par with part one, so I'm giving it 5 out of 5. I really do. I think it done some things differently, but it done them better, and, um, you know, part one will always have that special sentiment to it that it was really a creative change in the horror genre. But I think part two ran with that and really took it there. So, yeah, I think it's as good as part one. Very, very good. And, look, I am not going to disagree with you. I think this one deserves a five out of five as well. I think that this is what you can do right 
when you do a sequel. I don't think there is a better direct sequel to a horror movie. I think that this is definitely where Sydney's life would have gone, no matter what, probably. Um, I like the expanding of the cast, the expanding of the world, trying to throw a bit more mystery in there, but as well as embracing the slasher nature that people wanted to see. I mean, people wanted a slasher movie. They don't want another whodunit straight up. They want to see people get knifed. We want to see these people that we know, like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Rebecca Gayhart, mm-hmm. Joshua Jackson. We want to see all these people, but we want, to, we want to know, are they the kill? Like, it adds to the mystery, and the machine has... This is the thing with, with Scream... For better, for worse, the machine has to get bigger. Everything has to amp up every sequel. And whether that's done successfully or not is, you know, is up for debate, especially with the upcoming, the next two movies, mm-hmm. possibly the next three movies, we don't know. But they got it right here. They caught that lightning in a bottle a second time. And mm-hmm. I can, more often than not, I watch these two movies together. I agree. If that makes sense, kind of like I and I'm I'm in the minority, but kind of like Halloween one and two, I very seldom watch Halloween one by itself. I watch Halloween one and two together. Oh, the original like Halloween they, yeah. two is yeah. I feel like they complement each other. Absolutely. But yeah, guys, we've we've survived high school. We've survived college. Next week, we are taking it all the way to Hollywood, for better or for worse. Why not? There's going to be some interesting <laughs> opinions on this one, the next one, I think. But please give us your review on Scream and, or, your, or your review on our review. Make sure that you jump over to um, Uncensored Radio and follow us on all of our social medias, please. Twitter is at LiveUCR. Instagram is at LiveUCR. Facebook is My Uncensored Radio. And YouTube is My Uncensored Radio. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can find podcasts. Make sure you give us a like, a follow, a review, something to make sure that we can keep bringing you all the good stuff. So until next time, we're going to say it again. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the door. But most importantly, anyone? 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 Don't scream. Don't scream. Bye. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.